We live in a world filled with poor thinking about God. You are not going to go through life constantly struggling, pressure, weighted down by problems. This is a new day. Ease is coming. We should be learning all we can about him, but our lives are so busy. Ain't nobody got time for that. In the hustle and bustle of daily life, where can we find manageable nuggets of truth? It's not that easy. Another voice has emerged to meet this need. With a face for radio and a voice for silent films, what could go wrong? Stand by. Red 5 standing by. Almost there. We would be honored if you would join us. It is unavoidable. It is your destiny. For bite-sized theology. feeling about this hey everyone and welcome to another episode of bite-sized theology the podcast that digests the word of god i'm joe westbrook your host and i want to thank you for sticking with me for the next half hour or so uh i do want to let you know there are probably going to be a few more changes coming uh in the next oh a couple of months probably <clears throat> my uh, wife and i are looking at some potential uh, methods of uh, of cutting some more expenses around here. My uh, my in laws have a, a web hosting program or a package that uh, may allow me to uh, put uh, all of my stuff onto their uh, into their hosting rather than paying for hosting myself. Uh, maybe I'd offer them just to, you know a little bit to to do it. Uh, they have apparently unlimited storage space and I think unlimited bandwidth, uh, which would mean uh, among other things I could. Uh, host the podcast uh, files directly on on that hosting site and run the podcast then through the website directly. Uh, it probably would require me to re-upload every episode uh, whenever I make this switch. So uh, I'll let you know how that goes whenever we get to that time. Uh, there may be a little bit of downtime uh, coming up shortly too, uh, just as we kind of get things kind of figured out, uh, get the technical end of things figured as well as uh, maybe <clears throat> get some content a little more streamlined. But uh, n nothing totally for certain. Just wanted to throw that out there and let you know what's going on. I do want to remind you, too, that uh, right now we are still doing the uh, review. review. Yeah, the rating and review of the podcast for a free coffee mug or T-shirt of your choice from the uh, stores, online stores my wife and I have put together. Uh, so if you would pop over to iTunes or uh, you know, wherever you may grab your podcasts from and uh, leave a rating and a review as well as then contacting me with the username or whatever that you left the review under so I can know who did that. Uh, the ratings and reviews will help the podcast uh, just kind of gain a little bit of traction, help people to uh, under, uh, be more inclined to listen. Uh, and I want to thank uh, everybody who does that just with the, the opportunity to win, uh, you know, some, some kind of cool swag. I think it looks pretty neat, uh, the stuff that, that we have available. Uh, and uh, there's always the possibility that if somebody wins, we may be able to do something uh, custom for you uh, also. So go ahead and do that. Uh, if you go to my website, which there's been a little bit of change there, in order, to, again, to conserve some funds, I have... Uh, transferred everything that I do blogging-wise to my main site, jwexperience.com. There'll be a link in the show notes. Uh, if you go there, go to the blog on that site, uh, 
change the categories to uh, bite-sized theology or to podcast episodes or both, either or I think is is in there, uh, you will find a post. I think you'll find it. I'll make sure that it's in there under this. You'll find a post, and I'll put a link to this post directly uh, in the show notes also, uh, of how to leave a review in iTunes on your iPhone. I don't have a different type of phone, so I don't have pictures or whatever on how to leave reviews if you are operating under Android or some other operating system. And uh, I will try to put some screenshots together so that you can see how to leave a review uh, directly using iTunes on your computer as well. So uh, moving on then, I trust that you've had a good week since the last time we were together. Although uh, probably like me, I expect you had to do one of the most terrible deeds in the world going to work. Isn't work just the worst? You know, I don't know about you, but work really, really cuts into my free time. You know, there's so many things that I could be doing instead of working. Uh, Instead of doing the testing that I do at work, you know, I could be sleeping, uh, I could be snacking, I could be sitting in in my recliner, could be watching movies. Uh, You know, I figured it out recently. I've only got 25 years until I can retire. And, uh, you know, it looks like I've got my retirement already planned out there. Uh, Plenty of things that I could be doing. All right, not really, uh, you know, but seriously, uh, you know, there's days when going to work is one of the most arduous chores imaginable. You know, <laughs> I can't tell you how many mornings I've woken up and say, like, do I feel well enough to go to work? I don't really feel bad, do I? Could I, could I say that I feel bad? And usually, it, you know, it's like, well, I guess I better get up and go. Uh, the deliberation, you know, as I lay there in bed, eats up a lot of time and then, of course, makes the day not so great because, uh, then I don't get the time to get breakfast down uh, or rela- have a relaxing breakfast. It's more hurried as I get out the door. And that's no fun. That's yeah, no fun for anybody. It's a bad way to get the day started. Uh, whether or not you go to that extreme, I think everybody probably feels, uh, at least at some point or other, that, like, well, is it really worth my going in? You know, work is hard. Uh, or it can be hard. Even if it's a job that you enjoy, work can be, you know, just something that, isn't a whole lot of fun. Um, it's something that we have to do. You know, we need money. Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> you know, you need money to live and to to get through, uh, you know, to get through life. I'm fighting a cold, by the way, or at least I think that's what it is. I hope that's what it is. Uh, so if you hear me sniffing, hopefully it won't be too often or too loud. But it sounds pretty loud in my headphones. Anyway, work work is, you know... And it's never ending. <laughs> you know, you go and, uh, I used to work in a grocery store and you, you go to work and you stock the shelves and you get them all stocked up. And the next day you show up and well, you got to stock them again because, you know, people have come through and they bought stuff. Uh, you know, I worked the uh, afternoon evening shift, uh, obviously during, uh, during my school years, uh, high school and college. And, uh, you know, during the whole day, it's not that they didn't do any stocking, but a lot of the stocking was done on the evening shift or the, during the afternoons. Uh, and, uh, you know, you'd spend the whole day going through and, you know, people would be coming through shopping and you'd get in at night and it'd be, it'd look like nothing had ever gotten done the day before. You know, it looks just as bad as, uh, when you got there the day before. Um, it can be frustrating. You know, I work in a hospital every day I go in, there's people that are sick. There's always people sick. Um, it, you know, the specific little area that I'm in charge of doesn't necessarily get anything work-wise every day. But there's, there is, uh, at least a patient wise, but there's work to be done there. Uh, if you're familiar with, uh, laboratory work or, uh, or anything, uh, or maybe if you're not familiar, just I'll kind of fill you in. So part of, 
part of what is uh, necessary in doing lab testing uh, for for clinical patients, uh, at least, and in a lot of other labs too. You want to do this. Uh, the frequency will will vary depending on on what your setting is. But you need to do quality control for the materials that you're using. So every day, even if I don't end up having any patients, which I don't know at the beginning of the day if I'm necessarily going to have any patients or not, but in the morning I have to go through and I have to perform quality control on the reagents, the materials that uh, that I use, the, the chemicals and such, that uh, allow me to do patient testing. Uh, I have to perform quality control and make sure that they are uh, that the, all my materials are working in the expected manner so that when uh, when I get a patient sample come through and I perform the testing, Whatever the result is, I can trust then that that result is accurate because I've performed quality control on my materials and I know that it's good. Now, it feels kind of silly sometimes to do that day after day after day when you're using the same bottle of materials day after day after day. But there is the possibility you, know, you might accidentally contaminate, you know, cross-contaminate. You might accidentally put the dropper from one bottle into the other bottle and, and that'll cause issues. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of things that could go wrong. Um you know, or uh, part of some of the materials that I use, it's actually a, a liquid suspension of actual uh, blood. Um, it, it's been uh, put into uh, what they call it a, a diluent <clears throat> um, that uh, that, that kind of you know, helps preserve the the blood cells and is uh, chemically uh, is of a chemical profile to work with the, some of the other materials that I use. Uh, you know that can the the blood cells can degrade if you leave it out uh, too long. Potentially, it you know stuff just kind of starts to break down in in the warmer air. Uh, again, if you get something in there that you shouldn't, you know you could potentially introduce a bacteria or something in there that would uh, start uh, causing problems, and then your <clears throat> materials don't work so well anymore. Um, and uh, you know, so that that's part of my my daily routine is doing that. You know, it, it's just, it's, it's every day. And <clears throat> the, the room that I work in, uh, I, I oversee a specific little department, but it's in a room that, you know, it's, it's all under one umbrella. Um, this room that I work in. Um, but there are, if you want to break it down, there are four distinct testing areas. Um, where was it? One, two, really five distinct testing areas if you wanted to to get nitpicky five different types of testing that are going on looking at different aspects of a patient's health and all of those uh, different testing areas they all have to have quality control performed to ensure that every day when we're releasing patient results that uh, that those results are accurate uh, you know that our instruments are working appropriately so uh, you know, so that sort of thing, you know, it doesn't, it, every day you walk in and you know that uh, at such and such a time, you're going to be doing quality control on something. Uh, it gets old sometimes, you know, uh, don't get me wrong. And, you know, but it, it, that, that is life. That's, that's part of work. You know, work is repetitive. Um, well, let's, uh, let's get into some theology then, a little bit of a theology of work here. Now, I want to say, you know, in God's plan, work was a part of the plan from the very beginning. Genesis 2.15 tells us the Lord God took the man and placed him in the orchard in Eden to care for it and to maintain it. You know, God had planted this orchard or garden, you know, depending on the translation you're looking at, in Eden. And that was where he put Adam. Uh, and Adam was there to care for and maintain that garden or orchard. Uh, he, you know, I don't know, before the, before sin entered the picture, you know, uh, I don't know, like, you know, did he have to weed? I, you know, did he have to uh, train the fruit trees to grow a certain way? 
uh, we have an apple tree in our backyard and the apple tree in particular um from what i've done for reading we also have a peach tree and a cherry tree but the apple tree in particular is the one that i've done the most research on and uh some of the research i've, I've read uh, talks about uh, basically training the tree and part of the training essentially is, is pruning as well as directing the growth of the uh, branches that are left behind so that you get a, a nice spacing of the branches. I don't know if Adam had to do that. You know, I, it doesn't really tell us what he did, but it does tell us that he was, he was put in the garden basically to work. Uh, you know, that was, that was what he needed to do. Whatever work was there to be done was there for Adam to do. Um, you know, it was not just this idle life of walking around and, and picking fruit off of trees and pulling vegetables out of the ground and, and whatever, and just you know, wandering around and eating whenever you feel like it, uh, there was work involved. Um, so work, work has been a part of the plan ever since the very beginning, ever since the beginning of creation, work has been, uh, you know, expected of man. Now where we get into the difficulties is sin. Sin creates all sorts of problems and it affected our work. Genesis three seventeen to 19 But to Adam he said, Because you obeyed your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground, thanks to you. In painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, but you will eat the grain of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat food until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you will return. So sin enters the picture, and now work is hard. <laughs> um, you know, there's less joy, I think, to be found sometimes in work, you know, and, and that's certainly a, an attitude, you know, we can, uh, we can have an attitude of joy regardless of the circumstances that we're in. I think that then that's a, that's a mark, I think, of a, of a Christian is, you know, is joy, uh, should be one of the fruits of the spirit in Galatians 5, you know, just ha being joyful. It's not that, that every situation that you're in is good or happy, or fun, but you are joyful in doing what God has commanded you to do. So there's there's a big thing there. Um, you know, it says if thorns and thistles now. Uh, weeds, you know, basically, you know, there's going to be uh, problems in, you know, in your farming. Uh, farming can be very difficult work. My wife and I have a garden in our backyard, um, and hopefully this year it's uh, this year is the first year we've lived in this house during the uh, been here during the summer months, and my wife hasn't been pregnant or uh, or, or recently uh, given birth. Uh, in uh, 2015, she gave birth to our daughter in uh, in mid to late July. Uh, so uh, you know the recovery time then you know from that it's you know even though you know we still had a, a month and a half left of summer, uh, she wasn't really up to going out and doing a lot of you know heavy labor. Uh, our youngest son now is six months old, uh, which, which is good. You know, my wife has pretty much recovered from, uh, from giving birth. Uh, she's not pregnant. Uh, you know, so there's the possibility then for doing work, but then you've got the little one who needs attention, uh, and who tolerates only for so long being, you know, trapped in a chair, um, <laughs> strapped in somewhere. But, uh, anyway, so we've got this garden and, uh, every year, if you have a garden every year, one of the things you have to do is go through and, uh, till up the ground and, and break it up and, and get rid of anything that's grown up, uh, since your last growing season, turn it over, pull it out, weed it out. And then throughout the year, you have to continually go through and pull weeds. 
uh, we did not get through and get an actual tiller uh, to go through our garden this year before we planted. I did go through with a hoe and broke it up, uh, which did, uh, you know, that worked really well. And actually, we had gotten enough rain up to that point that the ground was relatively easy to work with. Uh, but now we've uh, kind of entered more of a, a warm, dry spell. And uh, I've gone out there and used the hoe a couple of times, and it's hard. Uh, the ground is hard, which makes, you know, digging anything out that much more difficult. Um, you know, having something uh, that's under power, you know, either electric or gas would make the job a lot easier. But then you still have to be careful with what you're doing. Um, you know, but it's work. You know, there's thorns and thistles. That, you know, we don't, I don't, I don't know that I've, actually, I think we did have a thistle grow up in our backyard this year and we got it out. Uh, boy, those things are nasty if you don't, uh, if you don't get rid of them. And if they spread, they're just awful. Anyway, um, you know, so now this is not the entirety of our, of our sustenance back there. Uh, you know, we're growing basically just tomatoes this year. Uh, we've got a whole garden full of tomato plants and, uh, hoping to get a really good crop, being able to do some canning as well as some shearing. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in, an, in an agricultural setting or an agrarian society where you have a lot of farming taking place, you know, you, you depend on that farm in order to survive. And it's hard work. My brother-in-law is a farmer. Uh, he, uh, farms, uh, basically about a hundred acres at the homestead. And, uh, I don't know how many, uh, beyond that. And, um, you know, there's different times for planting, different times for harvesting. Uh, there's different methods uh, of cultivating, uh, going through and, and getting weeds out of there so that you, the weeds don't grow up, overtake, and choke out the actual product that you want. Um, you know, but there's, you know, it's work every day, basically. You know, every day you're, you, know, you need to be out there and you need to be doing something. If you miss too much time, uh, then it's very difficult to catch back up. Uh, you know, the, uh, the advances of technology you know, using tractors and plows and, and such like that has certainly helped you, you know, you're able to farm more land, um, you know, in the same amount of time, uh, you know, but it's, it's still hard work and not everything can be totally automated, uh, or, or mechanized. You do need to get out sometimes and do some things by hand. And of course my, uh, my brother-in-law, he has livestock also. So there's that component of things too. He has to get out and he has to deal with fences, uh, feed water. Um, you know, they've got a kind of a shallow well anyway, and then they've been having some issues with their water pump for their well. They had a, they had a while this year where, uh, they had basically just kind of a tank truck, uh, that they would have to take to, um, uh, my brother-in-law's house. Uh, he lives about Oh, probably three miles from the farm. They would have to take this tanker over to his house and fill it up. Um, I don't know if it was once a day uh, or what, but they needed that basically to water their animals. Um, you know, and that gets expensive. Um, you know, because they're it's it's a rural community. Um, you know, so that you've got the but it, it's it's essentially city water. Um, you know, it's either, it's either city from the, the big city a few miles away, or it's off the the rural water system. But it's you know city water versus well water, uh, you know, and that gets pricey having to you know use that much water. So it, you know it's hard work getting all that put together. You know, now there there is a call. I I do think uh, you know one of the one of the th- uh, theological applications for this. You should be joyful in your work. Now again, not everything's going to be happy. Not everything's going to be fun. But you should be joyful. Um, I'm gonna. I'm going to pull this verse basically out of context. There's a there's an immediate context of eating food offered to idols. But 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Um, <clears throat> so specifically talking about eating food offered to idols, which we know that uh, idols are nothing. 
Um, but there's, there's also some, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, weaker brothers, you know, in, in a time of, you know, uh, food being offered, uh, sacrificially to these idols, um, you know, the, you know, even if there is an actual, um, heavenly being or spiritual being associated with the idol, uh, they of course are nowhere near as powerful and certainly not more powerful than God himself. But, um, uh, you know, there's a, there's a whole big conversation and I don't really want to get into it, but, um, anyway, so you know, whatever you're doing, you should be doing for the glory of God. And that's something that, uh, you know, I guess something that I try to keep in mind and I, I fail at it pretty regularly trying to keep in mind, you know, that when I go to my job every day, that no matter what I'm doing, it should be done to the glory of God, um, or for the glory of God. Uh, I should be doing my work well. I do think that uh, Christians ought to be the best employees that any uh, any business or, or whatever, that any job has, hands down. There should be nobody better at the job than the Christians. Um, they should do the most excellent work out of everybody there. Um, and you maybe are hearing my children running around up there. They just kind of interrupted my train of thought. Um, I don't know if I get this office totally finished, uh, if I'll be able to totally cut that out, but nap time is evidently over. Anyway, uh, you know, uh, um, the, the, I, I know I have a tendency, you know, just to kind of waste time on the internet, you know, uh, when there's, when there's, you know, downtime, you know, really, it's like, well, there's no patient load going on, no patient work to do, um, you know, but there's, there's other things that my position requires, uh, you know, that I could be working on. And, you know, I just have to admit that, uh, you know, so, uh, for me, you know, not being, not, not, uh, uh, listening to music or, uh, and just sitting there, uh, you know, or, or skimming through Facebook or whatever, uh, doing that rather than doing the work that's set before me, uh, you know, that's, that's not a, that's not a good example. I just have to confess that right there. Um, you know, I should be, uh, you know, anybody should walk in and they should, they should see my work as being, uh, above and beyond the caliber of anybody else's work. And I should be doing that because, uh, of who I am in Christ. Now the apostle Paul, he himself was not ashamed to work. Uh, in Acts 18, it says that when he went to Corinth, he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to depart from Rome. Paul approached them, and because he worked at the same trade, he stayed with them and worked with them, for they were tent makers by trade. And then it went on, he addressed both Jews and Greeks in the synagogue every Sabbath, attempting to persuade them. So Paul didn't just give up on the missionary work that he was doing. He was working uh, throughout the week, and then every Sabbath he went uh, into the synagogues, attempting to persuade people to, to turn to Christ. Um, you know, and that example of work carried over at his, during his time when he was uh, uh, staying at, at Thessalonica uh, in Second Thessalonians. Uh, he says, but we command you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from any brother who lives an undisciplined, undisciplined life and not according to the tradition they receive from us. For you know yourselves how you must imitate us, because we did not behave without discipline among you, and we did not eat anyone's food without paying. Instead, in toil and drudgery, we worked night and day in order not to burden any of you. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give ourselves as an example for you to imitate. 
For even when we were with you, we used to give you this command, If anyone is not willing to work, neither should he eat. For we hear that some among you are living an undisciplined life, not doing their own work, but meddling in the work of others. Now such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly and so provide their own food to eat. But you, brothers and sisters, do not grow weary in doing what is right. But if anyone does not obey our message through this letter, take note of him and do not associate closely with him so that he may be ashamed. Yet do not regard him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. So lots of things going on there. The one thing that I just wanted to uh, really focus on was, uh, second. Th- this is all of Second uh, Thessalonians 3. It was verses 6 to 15. And verse 10 is what I really wanted to uh, to get at where... Um, where Paul talks about how when he was there, or when he and Silas and Timothy were there in Thessalonica, they would give the command that if anyone's not willing to work, neither should he eat. Uh, I just want to grab here just a little uh, bit from uh, John MacArthur's commentary uh, on this passage. Uh, Paul made it clear that his reason for doing manual labor was not because he, Silas, and Timothy did not have the right to receive support for their intense work of preaching and teaching. And this is going to be subject for another podcast episode. He did not always forego accepting support from the churches to which he ministered. In fact, the Philippians twice sent him a gift during his stay in Thessalonica, and he also received support from other churches while ministering in Corinth. He particularly chose to work in Thessalonica so that those who refused to work could not point to his not working as justification for their idleness. Instead, the missionaries dignified work by offering themselves as a model for the believers to follow. Uh, you know, the concept of Paul being uh, entitled to full support as uh, an apostle and a preacher, uh, that, again, that's a topic for another, um, another episode, and uh, we'll get to that at some point. Um, but, you know, here, Paul, Paul was smart. <laughs> he, he, was, uh, he, he was incredibly intelligent. And, you know, he knew that if he went into Thessalonica and exercised the right that he had as an apostle and as a, as a missionary, as a preacher, and if Silas and Timothy being, you know, missionaries with him, if they exercised their right to receive full support, that even though probably these idle people in Thessalonica probably were not doing the work of the Lord, they would look at Paul and Silas and Timothy and say, well, you know, they were, they didn't do any work, you know, therefore why should I, um, you know, in other contexts, you know, as, as MacArthur pointed out, you know, he did receive support from others, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and again, okay, so that's, that's just another topic. But just this concept, if anyone's not willing to work, neither should he eat. Uh, I don't think, by, you know, really, this, this gets into some sticky territory. Uh, I, I really have a difficult time accepting uh, that a Christian should go on welfare, uh, first, uh, Paul talks in, I believe it's First Timothy. Let me see here. This was not in my, it just popped into my head. This was not part of my notes. Um, here it is. First Timothy chapter 5, uh, verse, starting in verse 3. Honor widows who are truly in need, but if a widow has children or grandchildren, they should first learn to fulfill their duty toward their own household, and so repay their parents what is owed them, for this is what pleases God. So first, you know, this widow, you know, and and typically women didn't work, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, somebody who's not really able to support herself, if she's got children or grandchildren, you know, family first, those children or grandchildren should be supporting this widow. Uh, you know, this, this member of their family who uh, doesn't have uh, anything uh, to, to live off of. 
Then it goes on, but starting in verse 5, with the widow who is truly in need and completely on her own, has set her hope on God and continues in her pleas and prayers night and day. But the one who lives, let's see. Oh, I'm sorry. But the widow who is truly in need and completely on her own has set her hope on God and continues in her pleas and prayers night and day. Um, and it goes on. Da, 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 da. So, but the one who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. So distinguishing who's truly a widow in need, uh, reinforce these commands so that they will be beyond reproach. But if someone does not provide for his own, especially his own family, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Um, you know, so, you know, if, if I have, uh, if my, uh, your mother is in need uh it, it falls on me as a child to take care of her first um and uh and then it goes on no widow should be put on the list unless she is at least 60 years old was the wife of one husband has a reputation for good works as one who has raised children practiced hospitality washed the feet of the saints helped those in distress uh, as one who has exhibited all kinds of good works but do not accept younger widows on the list uh the idea there that if they get on the list they're going to devote themselves to god their husband died and then maybe later they're going to they they meet somebody um doesn't really give a, an age but just you know somebody younger um you know, so maybe like a 30-year-old woman loses her wife, uh, loses her husband. Excuse me. Uh, we're not that kind of podcast. Uh, 30-year-old woman loses her husband and uh, decides she's going to go on. She doesn't have children to support her. Uh, maybe maybe no family whatsoever. Uh, she's going to go on the list to be supported by the church. Uh, takes a, you know, maybe a vow of celibacy. And then later on uh, decides to, um, to get married, uh, you know, and break this vow that she made. Um, anyway, family first. And then the church, you know, that's that. I think that's the order that I see for uh, supporting somebody who is in need, uh, who is a Christian. Um, you know, welfare in terms of you know the non-Christian masses. Uh, I I don't really like the welfare system. Um, I, th I think it's abused and overused. Uh, but that's a, a topic for another time. Anyway, work is good. Uh, I do want to. I do want to point that out. Work is commanded by God. It's re the, that command is reinforced by Paul. Uh, you know, it is a good thing. It's good to work, and it's good to go about doing work in a good way. Uh, you know, it's good to to praise the Lord with your work. Uh, maybe you're like me and struggling with whether or not the work or that you're doing the job that you're in, if that's really uh, you know worth maintaining. If something else would be uh, of better use um, and you know I can't give you a blanket statement or a blanket answer on that I can say that in my you know in my situation right now uh, finding something else seems rather unlikely just because of the very various uh, elements of our financial situation and other needs um, you know but if you are in a position or, or a job that career whatever that you are uncertain about continuing in uh, that's where I think Christian community, Christian fellowship comes into play. Christian counsel, speak with your pastor, speak with your elders, uh, you know, get their input on this. Speak with Christians that you trust, uh, you know, and, and, and gain their advice. Um, you know, if there is something where it's, you know, if, if you're being asked to do something sinful where you work, then, uh, you know, I don't think that there's really any beating around the bush there. But if it's just, you know, well, I don't really like this, uh, don't. Don't do like what I did when I was uh, in between college years and uh, just quit without any sort of you know recourse or plan in place. Um, but if you if you have a, a good plan in place, if you have you know something, this is just some general advice, you know, and kind of common sense. You know, don't just jump ship without a plan. Uh, 
Um, but if you if you do have a plan, if something looks, uh, you know, if you've, you've got something that, that, that can work out or whatever, you know, then, you know, maybe explore that opportunity or that possibility. Okay, well, we're going to wrap up for today. Uh, I do want to remind you that if you want to get in touch with me, there are a few different ways to do so. Again, the website now is jwexperience.com. You can always find the Facebook group, Bite Size Theology. Uh, you can get in touch with me through Twitter at bite underscore sized Theo. And email address is changing also. The email address now is joe, J-O-E, at jwexperience.com. Links for all of those things are going to be in the show notes. Uh, I do encourage you to, uh, again, go to iTunes and leave a rating and review, and then contact me through one of these means. Let me know who you are. Uh, so that I can look at your review and, and know, or I should at least just get your username, uh, you know, and, and figure out who is who, and then uh, let you know uh, or keep track of that so that when we do the drawing uh, in mid-July, you will, uh, if you are the one who's chosen, then I know who, who to contact for the, either the free coffee mug or free T-shirt. Um, I do believe that is it. Uh, I think something else. I've got some other things kind of in the works. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, probably some of these other things uh, are going to wait until we find a different domain uh, or hosting situation. Uh, uh, do some different things with with uh, with that. Um, so I think with that we will close. I want to remind you to uh, just to enjoy your day. I, I I trust that it will be good. Go about your week this this week, doing your work well. And unto God, and in everything that you do in life, I ask, make sure that your theology impacts the way that you live your life. God bless. Uh-huh.